Well, good morning, friends. It's podcast number 536 for Friday the 29th. Getting finished up here in April, and um, I'm going to continue to record, go right into May. Let's, um, let's pray as we get started. Lord, I ask you to open our eyes, enhance our understanding so we can grasp what you want us to learn today. I also ask you to enable us by your Spirit to apply the truths we learn today to our daily lives and to be guided moment by moment by your word, by your Holy Spirit, in your name we pray, Jesus. Revelation 1, 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. Then turn over to Revelation chapter 5. We'll look at verses 6 and 7 today as we uh, finish up the week. Verses 6 and 7, after talking about the line of the tribe of Judah, and then it says, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing, speaking of the resurrected lamb of God, as though it had been slain, with seven horns, with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. little terrifying picture there. Verse 7, and he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Heaven had an issue. There was no one available and worthy to open this scroll. The issue solved. The lion of the tribe of Judah would do this. So what are we looking at here? Lamb standing as though it had been slain. This refers to uh, Christ. First coming, his death on the cross and his resurrection. Christ is called the Lamb some 27 times in the book of Revelation alone. Uh, The phrase, as though it had been slain, indicates that the resurrected Christ still bared in his body the scars of the crucifixion on his hands and on his feet. Let's look at this because this rings true of what the disciples experienced in post-resurrection appearances. On Luke chapter 24, after Jesus talked to the uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus, he reveals himself to the rest of his disciples in verses 39 and 40. He says, see my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones. As you see, I have verse 40. And when he uh, had said this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his feet. And then in Another post-resurrection um, appearance, John chapter 20, verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Then the disciples were glad when he saw the Lord. And then verse 27, this time Thomas would be with them. Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and uh, put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not um, disbelieve Belief. So we see these post-resurrection appearances, and then um, the disciples know it's him because the scars are in his hand, his feet, feet and uh, side. And then we see here um, in Revelation, John sees in this vision a lamb standing, representing the resurrection. And then he goes on to talk about his seven eyes with sort of the seven spirits of God sent out to the earth. There's a little bit of of, of kind of um, uh, symbolic picture here. Seven horns. Uh, we know in the Old Testament in a couple spots, I'm not going to read them, but you can look them up. Genesis 22, 13. 
Psalm 69:31, um, that animals have horns and they're used as weaponry in the Genesis post. This is where Abraham uh, says God will provide a lamb and in the thicket he sees a lamb caught by his horns. And Psalm 69, we see the power of the ox and the power of the horns. By extension, there signified dominion here and represent kingdoms and kings, not literal horns, but kingdoms and kings, as we see in the book of Daniel. Let's look at Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 8. <coughs> Excuse me. I considered the horns, uh, and behold, there came up among them another horn. So we're talking about the ten horns of verse 7, and then another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. So we begin to see Daniel's vision uh, unfold a little bit here in uh, in this and talking about horns and, and talking about a little horn. And, uh, and then let's go to back to the book of Revelation. Uh, Revelation chapter 13. We'll look at that in just a minute. Um, horns again, not literal horns, but symbolic and representing power and might and dominion and kingdoms and kings and the Antichrist. So Revelation 13 verse 1, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous, blasphemous names on its heads. In verse 11, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. And then we go to Revelation 17 and verse 3. <coughs> Excuse me. And he carried me away in the spirit into wilderness. I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names and it had seven heads. And ten horns. So we see kind of this where people just bail on Revelation because we see this symbolism and we see uh, what it's talking about. But here in the Bible, the number seven indicates completeness or perfection. Christ's seven horns therefore symbolize his complete dominion and his omnipotence, his complete dominion and his omnipotence. And then verse six says, with seven eyes, Christ the omnipotent one also is the one who sees everything. So as we're looking at this, we're talking about a lamb, and we're talking about a lamb that is standing because um, it had overcome death. We're talking about the horns, we're talking about the power, we're talking about eyes, we're talking about his omniscience. Let me read this to you. Um, the ordering of the Greek text creates anticipation here. A literal reading might go something like this. Then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb standing between the throne and the four living creatures, which are the angelic beings of worship or worship leaders in my book. And among the elders, both the lamb and his death are pushed back for effect and emphasis. So he's describing uh, what he's seeing. 28 times in uh, the book of Revelation, when we talk about the lamb, it refers to Jesus. One time it does not. 
um, but the other times it does. The theme of the Lamb is rich and one um, in the grand redemptive story of the Bible. You can write these scriptures down. I'll read them to you quickly. Genesis 22, 8, when Abraham is talking to Isaac, saying God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. And we looked at um, that kind of in Genesis twenty two thirteen, And the completion of that God will provide was the ram in the thicket. In Exodus chapter 12, the first Passover, when uh, the description of the lamb was a lamb that shall be without blemish. And we know our lamb, our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, was without blemish. He was the perfect sacrifice. Isaiah 53, 7, talking about the suffering servant of the Lord, like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. That sounds symbolic, but it actually was a picture of Jesus Christ being led away and being killed. John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist declaration, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Standing here, we see the victorious Lamb of God. He is victorious over death. He is victorious because he is strong. He is victorious because he sees all things. He's victorious because he is sovereign. So we see that in the completion when it talks about seven, seven eyes and uh, seven horns. Uh, and then it gives us a description of this. The, of this. It says, they are the seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. The seven spirits of God pointing to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's activity throughout the earth. And the fact that Christ is now the the lamb who was slain, who is standing, sees all things and nothing is hidden from his sight. And so we see the beauty of of uh, the Lamb of God standing here, and we see um, John seeing the finished work of Christ and the finished um, um, picture as he's standing amongst the throne room. And then it says he's able to also then take the scroll from the one seated on the throne. Turn to Daniel chapter 7. So if heaven had an issue, it needed someone able to to take the scroll. Jesus was the answer to that. And it kind of gives us this picture back to Daniel chapter 7. And I've said it before, Daniel is incredibly important for us to to read and to to get a grasp of if we're going to understand scripture. In Daniel chapter 7, he has this vision Daniel does. And in part of this division, it, uh, vision, it says this, verse 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, uh, there came one like the Son of Man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and kingdom, uh, kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. And so this, some people believe that this Daniel 7, 13, 14 is actually fulfilled in this Revelation chapter 5 when the Ancient of Days is sitting on the throne and the Son of Man comes to him 
to receive his dominion, glory, and kingdom. And and that's why some say this is in Daniel chapter 5 where he gets the title deed to the earth. I don't know. We probably won't know this side of heaven and it won't matter. But he takes the scroll. And when he takes the scroll, it shows he is worthy and, I, and and again, some would say this is a fulfillment of the Daniel 7 prophecy where the Ancient of Days, Days is seated on the throne. The Son of Man comes to him and, and, uh, and gets the dominion that was promised to him from the beginning of time. So let's go back to Revelation chapter 5. And I'll read those couple verses again, and then we're going to close for Friday. Sometimes on Friday, I like to take it easy on you. You know me, and we'll get ready for Monday. Um, verse 6, and between the throne, so the picture is in the throne room, <clears throat> and the four living creatures, those are the worship leaders, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing. Get this picture. John sees the lamb standing. Obviously, the the... Marks of uh, the crucifixion are still in his hands and his feet and his side. And though it had been slain with seven horns, with seven eyes, and which which are the seven spirits of God, we see the perfection of this being, which is the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ. In verse 7, they once had an issue in heaven. There was no one worthy to take the scroll. That's no longer the case. And he went, this lamb that was slain, and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And as this takes place, we see a scene change about to happen. We see a dramatic um, emphasis about to take place beginning in verse 8. We see worship as the beginning of tribulation is about to happen. It's about to start. But in order for it to start, there had to be someone worthy to take the scroll and to open it. And the one who was worthy is our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lamb who was slain, who is now standing before his Father, and he takes the throne, or takes the scroll from his hand. We'll get into verse 8 and following on Monday. Let me pray for us. Second Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you. Till we talk again.